Thank you for joining us today for TEDCO Talks, a new series featuring thought leaders in economic development from across the state of Maryland. Join TEDCO CEO, Troy Lamel Stovall, in thought-provoking conversations with regional leaders about the future of Maryland's innovation ecosystem. In this episode, Choi is joined by Julie Lenzer of the University of Maryland College Park. Listen now to learn more about Julie and the role she plays in supporting Maryland and DC's entrepreneurial community. Hello everyone, happy new year. This is Troy Lamel Stovall, the CEO of TEDCO and welcome to TEDCO Talks. Um, this um, coming to you, I'll introduce our guests in a minute, but I have to just point a personal, this, we're taping this week a few days after uh, the challenges that, uh, that happened this past week in, in, in Washington and the Capitol. And we don't, I don't think we're gonna focus on that today, but I think it's just an important reminder that you know, this forum that we're using here with TechCo Talks is so that we can have diverse views and we can have a conversation. And, and that should be part of what we have a national dialogue around and allowing us all to have different points of view actually is part of what a great democracy should and can be. And so um, I just wanna say that and, and, and that uh, we all find a moment to, to kind of heal and, and listen to one another and truly listen to one another and spend time listening to somebody that may have a very different point of view than you might have. Um, and then also reciprocate that uh, and being able to summon someone and, and have a chance to have a cup of coffee even in this COVID era or Zoom call with someone that may have a different point of view than you do, because I think that's a far better way for us to find a way to address these things. And you know, as I as I do that, and I introduce my my become my very dear friend here, Julie Lenzer, who is the chief Info innovation officer. And I just love that title uh, at College Park. And I think innovation, and frankly, Julie is going to be, I think, one of the things that not only get us through COVID, but it probably even find us a way to deal with some of these divides in the way in which we, we talk to one another, engage with one another. So Julie, thank you for being here on this week in particular. I appreciate you and you're looking great and I appreciate you spending oh, time. Oh, well, thank you today. for having me. And you're right. It's a, it was a, a strange week um, to start off what, you know, what was last year, a very strange year. But, uh, you know, I always tend to look at the glass half full and I'm hopeful that the horrible things that happened this week will lead to, as you said, some great dialogue and healing and moving forward together as a country. Absolutely. So let's uh, have a little fun. Why don't you tell folks just a little bit about Julie, a little bit of Julie's journey and how Julie got to be a, a and what the heck is an innovation officer? Uh, so I'll start from the beginning or start from there and work backwards a little bit. So <laughs> chief innovation officer, I was brought in to the University of Maryland to unleash innovation. And so that's really what my job is. It is to help remove the barriers, to uh, provide the support, connect the ecosystem, provide the resources to all of our entrepreneurs so that every good idea or every idea has an opportunity to succeed. And that's what, that's really what we're focused mm -hmm. on. Uh, and so you might've heard University of Maryland, we call her, we say we have fearless ideas over the fear of the turtle. Well, my job is to help activate those fearless ideas for transformational impact. And so I have an incredible team. We have uh, at the University of Maryland, over 60 resources for innovation and entrepreneurship. 
six wow. zero. Yeah. And so part of my job is kind of connecting them all together, you know, to amplifying the great work that was has been done for years there uh, through the great programs like the Dingman Center, MTech, uh, the uh, Academy for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, the Small Business Development Center, and to, to really help get their impact collectively out and raise the boat for all. Um, so, so that's been a, a great honor and a pleasure to be doing that. Uh, prior to that, I'm a recovering entrepreneur, um, not recovering very well because in order to recover from something, you're supposed to extract yourself from it. And I am fully immersed in, um, in entrepreneurship and innovation, which I love. Um, I'm actually a geek. So I have a computer science background. Um, I think uh, very similar, sir. Yes, we, we share some yes. similar roots from Texas. In Texas, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also a recovering government appointee. I was honored to spend two and a half years uh, in the Obama administration, running the Office of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. And so it's been a very um, eclectic uh, set of circumstances that have led me through my career, you know, from um, I, I wrote a book, I've done speaking, um, I started a nonprofit to help mid-career women start companies. And um, I ran the Maryland Center for Entrepreneurship in Howard County. And it's just, I, I feel like I'm qualified for nothing because <laughs> I haven't spent enough time. This is the longest, other than my own company, this is probably the longest job I've been in. And I've been in uh, with Marilyn for four years. So um, I'm unemployable, I guess. So, but, but on that, you know, you, you to your point, how did you know that entrepreneurship was something that was in you and, and, and part of what you wanted to be? I, I wasn't really sure. I started my career with IBM uh, and uh, it was really a, opportunistic uh, opportunity for me to, to step out. Um, my daughter was born. I didn't want to travel anymore. And so I wanted a little bit more control over my life. And little did I know that starting a business is, you know, the hardest job you'll ever have um, and love. But uh, it was about control. And I realized that my customers and my employees and everybody else had more, way more control than I did. Um, but it, it's, um, it gets in your blood. It just, it kind of that, um, and, and in fact, I have my little, I probably can't show this on here, GSD bracelet, just the ability to, to forge your own future. And um, I think entrepreneurship is a great tool for social justice. It gives everyone an opportunity. Now, not everybody has the same resources and that's part of what I know you're really passionate and that Tedco is gonna be really helping to, to fill those gaps, making sure that everybody does have the resources that they need to pursue their dreams and their ideas. Um, but then when I realized I got into the Activate program, um, which was the mid-career women, helping mid-career women start, uh, start tech companies, I realized that my impact from helping hundreds and now probably thousands of entrepreneurs is way more than me running a company. And, um, and you know, for all, maybe I'm even better at that than I am at, at running my own company. Um, but I just find that... Um, helping people to get out of their own way and achieve that which they didn't believe was possible. And entrepreneurship is a great tool for that. It, it's my passion. I mean, it's just something, it gets in your blood and you can't not do it. That's, that's bonus on that last point, you know, there's, there's, there's always this ongoing debate, you know, particularly in, in the business school uh, halls, like at like College Park, or whether an entrepreneur is born or can be taught. Um, where do you land on that? So, uh, you know, when I thought I wasn't an entrepreneur, my father reminded me about the carnivals I used to hold in my, back, my backyard. Carnival, I, actual carnivals? I, I would have, well, I mean, come on, it's my backyard. <laughs> I popped popcorn, I made lemonade, I drew a little coin toss on the, you know, with chalk, 
And the, the, the best ride was when I pulled my dad's uh, swivel recliner out of the house and charged people a nickel to spin them around. And kids would actually pay nickels, so I'd spin them around in my dad's recliner. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> but so there were that. And I used to actually go door to door selling. You know, it used to be that you could get catalogs and you could go sell them door to door and you would get a portion of that. And back when that was. That was Amazon. That was the first version of Amazon. We just didn't know it. Go. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, I just. I do think that there is some innate um, fire mm -hmm. that gets into you, but it's not from the very beginning. You can discover it very late in life. I mean, most successful entrepreneurs actually start their businesses later in life mm -hmm. when they take all of their collective experience and put it to work to solve a problem that they're really passionate about. So um, I do think there's, there's always something you can learn. Uh, you never stop learning. And even people who are naturally entrepreneurial, there's a lot to learn there. So um, I, I'm not sure I'm, you know, I'm not an academic, but, um, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Mm. You mentioned when you were describing uh, the other thing that caught my ear and, and, I, and I noted, you're talking about the role that, uh, if I want to say this right, that social, the, that entrepreneur can be about social justice. Can, can you go on that a little bit? I'd love to hear more about where, where you're going with that. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I think it's an opportunity to forge your own path, to build your own success and to, to, to take control of your future by starting a job. Now, the access to resources can be a challenge if you're not in that, if you don't have those networks and you don't have that. But, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, you, you look at folks that have, have done that and, and they have they have picked themselves up out of mm -hmm. out of poverty and out of you know really bad situations by forging their own path and by becoming entrepreneurs. And part of it is just getting out there and being persistent and connecting with people. You know, I mean, one of the things that I tell entrepreneurs is, um, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to somebody and ask for them to mentor you or ask for their advice, especially entrepreneurs. They're very generous with their advice. They love to pay it forward. And so um, you might not have gone to Harvard Business School and have, you know, access to this network of people. But once you start getting out there um, and, and, Sometimes just sending cold calls. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. walking up to somebody at a conference and saying, I was really intrigued by what you said. Here's my idea. Can you spare five minutes and listen to it? I've had people join my advisory board just through that. People that I never would have thought um, would have, you know, given me the time of day. And you show your passion and you you find, you get really creative to find access and you can do that. Um, it's, it's a lot harder now that uh, we're not able to go anywhere in person and you can't stalk somebody outside their office. I mean, <laughs> But 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 that be the case. <laughs> but you, you know, people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's. But but and I don't mean to downplay um, the the ability to get access to some of those resources because it is really important. And that's something that you know I've worked with women entrepreneurs. In addition to being one, um, you know, through most of my career, I was uh, I used to run the DC chapter, of the Women Presidents Organization, and uh, was on the certification committee for the WeBank, which certifies women-owned businesses, mm -hmm. and so. It's always been a, a point of mine um, to, you know, I, I recognize that we're missing so many good ideas and so much um, potential in our economy that our nation depends on our ability to activate the ideas of all of our citizens, not just those who, you know, went to elite schools or got born into the right family. So yeah, I love that. Been, yeah an undercurrent uh, of passion of mine. No, I love that. And, and, Speak, speak, speaking about this, you know, look, a, a woman entrepreneurs, I mean, you, you know the data as well as I do, the, the lack of, particularly at that early stage venture capital seed, the lack of money that goes to women, goes to blacks, or goes yep. to any people of color is just, it's just appalling. You know, speak to, you know, because I think people hearing, they're seeing Julie and they're seeing, 
wow, how can I, how can I be like that? And how does she get access to those resources? And when I see the numbers and, and, and the numbers don't yeah. tell the story of what Julie's saying. They don't at all. Um, it, it's, it's horrible. And so, you know, one of the ways that I've been doing that in addition to kind of through my career, trying to lift other women up is I'm, you know, angel investing. So I put my money where my mouth is, you know, investing in women run companies is, is something that I've done. Um, you know, I'm not uh, Bezos, I can't, you know, put <laughs> billions of dollars into these companies, but every little bit. And so I, I encourage, um, I encourage, you know, women who, you know, to, to invest in, and people of color to help you know, help others, right? There's a there's folks that have been very successful, and you need to pay it forward and help to bring them up. Um, and so that that's really what I've I've tried to focus on is how can I be the change I want to see in the world? How can I help elevate women? How can I mentor? How you know? I've been on the board of the Girl Scouts now for gosh eight years, I think. And part of that is helping these girls to come up with the right skills and you know the STEM skills, the entrepreneurship skills, and the belief in themselves, you know, and the leadership skills that they need to be successful. And that last part, again, that, that belief in yourself, you know, because the, the world is, you know, can can make you feel, uh, I do it myself growing up, you know, you, you're the, the black kid who may be a little smart, you get the names called at you, you get talked about. And and so that, that's, that sense of self-worth doesn't get built, you know, when you're younger. And so being able to, to, to your point, have someone, I think the, one of the key things I've taken away, many key things is People view entrepreneurship, I think, as a kind of a solo enterprise, but you're really saying it's a village. You've got to build right. a village around yourself for that, both that encouragement as well as resource acquisition. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, entrepreneurs generally, um, not all of them, but that tend to be very social. And um, as far as like needing each other and the peer support, that was one of the things that um, women presidents organization that we did is we had a peer advisory committee. And so, you know, and then and then that's where, you know, we were talking about seeing people like yourself you know, so that they believe that they can do it and having confidence. I mean, um, you know, talk about being, I, my nickname in high school was Dexter. Um, <laughs> like that's a name you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, from my little group, I, I did well and I did fairly well in school, but it was all relative because I kind of hung out with some, you know, um, party girls. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> But and you know, they're, but I had they're, they're watching this now, you know that, right? <laughs> don't wrap me out. Uh, but, you know, I had to pay. I uh, my my parents couldn't afford to put me through college. I had to pay my own way through college. I worked three jobs, and it was very hard. And I think in some ways I was blessed that I was able to go to school and work because not everybody has you know the background in school that they can be successful in college while working. But but I did. I, I paid my way through college, and and you know it's it's about. Um, figuring out a way I call possibility thinking. It's, it. you know, not looking at a, a situation and, and saying, you know, how can we, how can I, and that was one of the things in my company that I, I put up on the walls and I said, all right, how can we, you know, I, I get there's obstacles. I get that, you know, you focus on an obstacle, you're going to hit it. So stop focusing on the episode. Let's focus on the, how can we make our path through yeah. there? No, if you focus, you know, it's, it's the uh, similar, I say similar, it's like, you know, you can either focus on the view of the vision, if you focus on the view, you'll only see what's right in front. If you focus on the vision, you can see what's beyond that. Excellent. I love that. That's great. So let's, you know, we started this, not, not just talking about Wednesday, but the, 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 the 2020 and 2020 brought us COVID, uh, brought us a lot of other stuff, but at the end of the day, it brought us COVID. Yeah. I, I'd like to hear a little bit about how COVID um, has impacted Julie's leadership. Because that's one of the comments I've been having with folks that I've been talking to is just, mm -hmm. you know, you, you all of us came into 2020 with our little plans that we were going to, you know, go do this, do that. And 
hat spin this budget and do that. And, you know, we all thought we were, you know, masters of the universe and all those wonderful things. And then March happened, you know, March 15th, give or take, you know, happened. And, you know, that all got thrown out the door. And we all had, like you said, uh, you assume you're probably working from home or having this done mm -hmm. from, from your home office. Tell me how Julie, should be personally kind of has, has had to modify Julie kind of from a, you know, how you manage yourself to also how you manage your team. And obviously you, you, you're at one of our leading institutions in this country, in the state, in the country, and how you've managed those 60 plus resources uh, across an institution where you used to seeing people. Again, I, I come from higher ed, so I understand the yep. role of connectivity and, and how hard that can be to, to get professors and faculty to move. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, March marched all over us, didn't it? Um, but uh, I used to have this on my computer, a little saying that said, want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. Um, so <laughs> I had to Amen. be very, Amen. very flexible in my life. And um, I think in the beginning, we were all a little bit in denial. I don't think that we truly understood what this was and the impact it was. And so um, we really focused on, all right, we got to pivot. How do we go online with this? Um, and so from a management style, I make sure I touch base with my people. Um, I have a team, team GSD meeting every week. It's 30 minutes and we just touch base with each other in a Zoom call. Sometimes I'll, we'll play games or, you know, at the end, just to kind of blow off a little bit of steam. Mm. But um, I've always been, my type, my management style is really to empower people and to give them the skills. And then my job is to go top black and block and tackle and get rid of the obstacles and get them the resources that they need to do their job. And then also to set that vision. And so we've had to shift our vision a little bit, you know, in a, in a higher ed um, environment, uh, COVID has, has taken all the front and center attention. It's really thrown our business model, you know, out the window. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I think university of Maryland has done very well. And I think in general, um, you know, we did better than we expected, uh, from an enrollment perspective. So, but you know, the, the stuff that we do, you know, entrepreneurs, as you said, in the beginning, innovation is going to save us through this. So it's not, it, it's never been more important what we do now. And so when we, we pivoted our stuff online, we had um, 62 business fundamental, fundamental workshops last year online wow. over a thousand. And by being online, we were able to open it up to like mm -hmm. Bowie State and to Morgan and to, you know, the whole community. And so that's been, we've been, we've been working on how do we make lemonade out of this? Yeah. So how do you see, let's talk about that. Cause you know, I think you and I talked about this, you know, I, I to your point of how innovation, I talk about um, how the, you know, after 9-11, the three ounce bottle was the thing we all had to have to travel with. And so the analogy I say is what's the three ounce bottle analogy that's either emerging or has emerged already that, you know, Maryland can help, you know, in college park and, 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 and the whole kind of system in, 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 uh, in Maryland. What's those technologies, those innovations that you think you're seeing that is going to change our support our behavior? Because our behaviors are going to change because of right. COVID, right? Right. Get, getting the vaccine again, I'll let our folks, you know, at at the Maryland, Baltimore, and Hopkins, you know, tell us about the vaccines. Right. Our behaviors are going to change because of COVID. And Absolutely. So how is technology and innovation going to help us in in those, supporting those behaviors? Well, I think I mean, you know, first of all, Maryland Clear Mask. You know, that that company is a great success story of, of something that was created for a different purpose. They were able to pivot and, you know, doing really well. Um, we have uh, we have a lot of like in our engineering, they've been going out and creating PPE and doing 3D printing of things. Uh, the apps, you know, I think the, the applications, especially around digital health, are really taking off. And that's exciting because mm -hmm. I think we're in a great spot for that. Um, 
One of the things that we realized is that we do need to employ technology because we're not on campus together to stay in touch better. And so we're we're doing some stuff with Salesforce. Uh, we just put in a grant proposal to uh, all get on the same mentorship platform uh, and, and to really work with our alumni and to figure out ways to do this remote digital engagement in a way that's mutually beneficial to both like mentors, our alumni to bring them in as mentors and to the entrepreneurs that we have. So, uh, so, you know, my background in technology makes it easier for me to envision how we might be able to leverage this stuff. But, you know, I mean, supply chain is going to change. There's just, um, I don't think there's anything that's not been disrupted over the last year. But that's a good thing. That's where innovation comes from, right? It does. It does. And then behaviors have to catch up sometimes to that. Uh, And then obviously laws even behind that. Right. Right. Um, I'd be remiss, you know, this is TEDCO Talks. And so we should talk about the relationship between us and TEDCO. Um, So talk to me about, you know, how you see the what you guys do there at Maryland College Park and your office specifically in, 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 in TEDCO. Oh, well, I mean, first of all, even before I came to Maryland, I've been, you know, long relationship with TEDCO, huge fan. You know, this is it's exactly the type of organization that our state needs and very excited to have you at the helm and um, excited to see what 2021 is going to bring. So uh, the Maryland Innovation Initiative has been absolutely crucial to the success of our startups. And in fact, um, when the governor announced his future 20, um, I know that TEDCO had a lot of companies on there. Seven of those were our spinoffs. Yes, they were. Uh, and, I, and I think um, six of those seven were also Tedco portfolio companies or, or close to that. Yeah. And so um, so it's a it's a really important symbiotic relationship. I think that, um, you know, our job is to to bring these good ideas out and then work with you guys to to get to get them to market. I think it's a, you know, it's a win-win for both of us. And um, I know that uh, through the Momentum Fund, you spoke with Claire, um, I think, uh, last week and um have done some joint uh, joint investments, and the Dingman Center Angels have also invested in some Edco portfolio companies. So I think it is it's a it is a village. It takes a village. It takes all of our efforts uh, to turn you know to keep Maryland where we are and to take it even further. With you know we're great in life sciences and in cyber, quantum is coming quantum, down the pipe, yes. right? So our job is to feed, you know, quantum can be for us what silicone was for San Jose. And that's something that we could not do without a partner like Tedco. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And, and, I, and I say, you know, I, I, what I've been saying is that I view quantum uh, as almost a horizontal technology that, that can support cyber and life sciences and, and agri. Actually, I'm talking to your other colleagues about agri and aquatech and, yep. and, and things around clean in particular. And those things get accelerated, right? Uh, because of this this quantum capacity that that, that we have. I'm like you, an old computer scientist. I, I tell the story, Julia. I, I did a little work. Uh, I grew up in Houston, so I did a little work at the NASA Johnson Space Center and the old mainframes. They had old mainframe computers, the batch cards, and all that stuff. And and to me, it's, it's an interesting evolution of technology. We're not going back to that, but we are going back to these huge, you know, computing environments. We call them the cloud now. Huge right. computing environments where you're basically leasing time from them, very much like we had in the old batch batching environment. It all comes back around, doesn't it? Yes. The other day, I found out that a data lake is really just a glorified and protected filings file system. You know, <laughs> it's got a better interface. No, you, you sound like me when, when, they, when they talk about, you know, big data. I said, 
we couldn't have gotten anybody to the moon without some big data. I'm not. <laughs> well, and and that's why I I just uh, I'm almost halfway through my master's in machine learning. It was one of those things that you know I back computer science background, but machine learning AI is everywhere, and exactly. I really wanted to understand. Um, and make sure my, my goal with that was to make sure that we're getting these machine learning algorithms trained so that we're not reproducing the biases and the mistakes that we've made in the past and that we've got better and more inclusive and diverse data going into these learning algorithms. We could spend a whole chat on that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but, but let's, let's, but let's yeah. kind of on that. Talk to me about how you're thinking about there at College Park. How do you have more diversity and inclusion? I think you and I talked about, you know, one of the things we're trying to do at TEDCO is not so much talk about wealth creation, but wealth inclusion and wealth expansion. How do we find ways to make sure that not just that we talk about the founders, the diversity, but those early, you know, employees, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, pick a number, those individuals, you know, are, are diverse. So, you know, and if it's, it, you know, and we make sure that we introduce the, like you just talked about, the, the folks from College Park get introduced to the folks at Frostburg and at Bowie and the folks from Hopkins meet the folks from Salisbury. There's an intentional collision that, yeah. that we need to be more about. How, what are things, how are you guys thinking about that? Yeah, so, um, you know, we have, um, we have the largest computer science program in the country, 4,000 students. Um, and I believe it's about 30% um, diverse. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and our engineering school as well, you know, so it's something that, you know, with Dr. Pines, who is the first black president of the University of Maryland, who is um, former dean of engineering. This is something he is very focused on and was as the dean of engineering in how do we drive more diversity in STEM. Uh, one of the things that we're doing through the Maryland Quantum Alliance is looking at using quantum as a way to diversify our pipeline of STEM. And so we're working with Howard University and Morgan to see how we can drive more of that early stage talent, um, women, you know, people of color underrepresented in, in technology. And so it's just about being intentional. It's, it's yep. really about being intentional, um, not assuming it's gonna take care of itself, making sure we have people in leadership positions that represent our de demographics, right? So people wanna see people in positions of authority like President Pines, who have worked hard and achieved that and can say, you can do this too, you know? And so it's, it's about role modeling. It's about being intentional. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll get Dr. yeah. Dr. Pines and I came up together through the National Society of Black Engineers, NSBE, and uh, he's, we're in a little orbit of folks who are, there's a number of them who've, who've moved on to become presidents or chancellors of, 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 of some great institutions. And so, yeah, it's great to see. And, yeah. so, but, but the, and the other thing I'll say, you, you, you kind of said is that we have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to be uh, transparent and accountable. Um, and it, it, we talked about this at Teco. We have to know that they, we do have biases and we have to just be honest about where we are, put that out there and then do better. Just right. do better. Just do, right. Do better. Yeah. But, but, but tracking it too, you get what you measure. There you go. So making sure you're looking at it. So I want to um, have a little fun if I can. Uh, with Julie. And so just ask just a couple of things so the folks get to know you just a little bit better. Okay. So uh, first question is, what's um, an activity that you kind of gravitated to during this COVID lockdown that's kind of been your go-to when you're bored out of your freaking mind? Besides my master's program? <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, I started programming again, for goodness sakes. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm learning <laughs> Python. I've been uh, programming in Python. And um, oh, that's good. so I would say it was, I mean, that was, I was looking to stimulate a part of my brain that I hadn't used in a long time. That's good. I like that. I like it. Favorite movie? Oh, goodness. Um, Contact with uh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. That One of my good. favorite. Yep. It's about possibilities. Possibility it is. TV show. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, honestly, I've been doing, um, I've been watching Cobra Kai on Netflix, which is the old, um, I don't know if you've seen the old karate. My, my wife has been, she's been trying to get me to watch that thing. She says it is good. She keeps telling me it's good. It's all the same characters from the karate kid movies, oh, which I grew man. up with. Yeah. So, so that's been kind of fun. It's getting, a, it's, it's getting a little violent, which I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a little sensitive. I don't like watching that stuff. I like the serendipity of cable TV because I don't always know what I want to watch. So I'll flip on and I'll see, you know, I'll find something that I wouldn't have known I wanted to watch. And, <laughs> and, you, you and, get stuck, and get stuck. but I did see a great documentary the other day that I highly recommend um, my octopus teacher. Oh, yeah. So I'm a scuba diver and this is fascinating. It's a fascinating documentary on Netflix. Nice. Favorite dish you either like to cook or want to have served to you? Uh, so I love breakfast. Mm. I love breakfast burritos. I love breakfast casseroles. Um, I love like uh, huevos rancheros and migas and chilaquiles. Um, <laughs> like, like the Mexican, uh, well, probably Tex-Mex, let's be honest. Um <laughs> Yeah. Breakfast is one of my, you know, I could, I, my kids, in fact, I used to feed my kids breakfast for dinner so often. The one time we went to, uh, went to Bob Evans for, for uh, breakfast, they said, mom, this is dinner food. Oh God. That's pretty good. That's good. All right. My last one. Favorite yeah. board, board game. Favorite board game. Um, my family and I, we played a lot of Ruma Cube and Dominoes, but I, um, yeah. but I just discovered a game. My daughter gave it to me for Christmas called Catan. Yeah. And it is like a Sim City kind of thing. It's, you know, better than Risk, but we've started to play that. And that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's we. My son is into those. He he makes us play those. Yeah, we love Rummy Club. Rummy Club is just a great. There's yeah. another, you, should, you, got, like, you should check out this thing called Sequence. Okay. Called Sequence. It's a card game. Uh, it's got this big board card game, and you play it with teams of two people. You can play it with six people. It's actually pretty cool. It's a very strategy, interesting strategy. Nice, nice. Yeah. I, I love Boggle. It's a word game, but no one will play with me. <laughs> I'm a word girl. There you go. Julie, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service to the state. Um, thank you for your, your support of, of Techco and myself, and I really do appreciate your time today. Well, likewise, Troy, and thank you for taking this on and um, embracing it as you are and put, bringing all your passion and energy to it. We, we need TEDCO in this state. So thank you. For sure. Well, again, this is Troy Lamel Stovall with TEDCO uh, signing off for another TEDCO Talks. Everybody, please be safe and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again, Julie. Thanks. Thanks again for listening and a special thank you to our guest, Julie Lenzer, for joining in today's discussion. For more information on TechCo and its activities, check us out at www.tedcomd.com. If you enjoyed today's discussion, consider sharing and subscribing to TechCo Talks.